Hello, my name is Billy Bob Harris and welcome to Connecting the Dots. I am a facilitator, a connector. I help people in business development, uh, introduce them to clients or customers uh, with the hope that it'll help grow their business. And that's what I do in real life. Now, the foundation of this show, its intentions, is to bring interest, interview interesting, uh, successful people that have overcome challenges and that are entertaining that will be a inspiration to all of us. And speaking about that, our guest today is Mon Hamden. Now you're talking about somebody that checks all the boxes. Great family, good education, worked globally all over the world in dozens of countries and companies, started his own companies, uh, has merged some of them, sold some of them. They're out in uh, an operation right now. And that's what he does. And I would just, that's the intention of this show. You're perfect to start with on this. So let's start from the beginning with you, Mon. Lebanon. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you, Billy Bobbin. Uh, let me add that we are very honored to have you as a family, both in our businesses at Hexa and in our family. Uh, you're a very impressive man, and you Thank are you. an inspiration Thank you. and a role model. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so tell us, start off in Lebanon. Sure. Young sure. man. I was, I, was, uh, I was born actually in Lebanon uh, in the late 50s uh, in a rural town. I grew up to a family that was uh, financially poor. My father was the first in his family to get a degree. Okay. Uh, but the, my family, my, my parents were both uh, rich in their, in their uh, mind and brain. So they always encouraged us to be motivated, to be, to be educated. Okay. Well, what about your education now, starting there as yeah. a young man? We, we, uh, uh, Started in good schools when my parents, uh, my father was alive. Uh, unfortunately, my father died. I was young. I was 14 years old, and, uh, and my mother and father were divorced at the time. My mother didn't work. She had a school, but she was doing it as a uh, nonprofit, and she wasn't collecting any money for it. Um, so we didn't have any income. So in my early schooling, I had to depend on a lot of help from others, uh, scholarships and friends of the family that helped me. In fact, in college, I, um, my brother sold a piece of land. Uh, the only thing that we had from my father, we, without me knowing, I wouldn't have allowed him in order to pay for one, my first year of university. And he told me, well, you know, you, you're on your own from there. Luckily, I was able to get uh, some uh, loans from corporation mm -hmm. that uh, gave me loan to finish my studies. And I worked for them and paid it uh, later. So I, um, I uh, was able to finish my schooling in Lebanon. Uh, when, yeah, college uh, too, you went to college there too? Yes, I studied okay. uh, electrical engineering at the American University of Beirut. Okay. Um, the the uh, interesting part, I guess, uh, of my college education is my financial challenge were not the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge was really getting to the university because I went to the university during the Civil War 
in Lebanon. Oh, from 1975 to 1990. Yes. So my I went to school from 76 to 80, and uh, our you know the American University of Beirut was some places one mile away from the front line of the fighting. Uh, all the time going to school, we had snipers, we had shell shelling coming in. So it was it was a fascinating time, uh -huh. challenging time, yet uh, able to go through it and. Um, uh, yeah, uh, they, I, I like that part of my life because it uh, showed me that no challenge is big, that anything can be done. Even, even going to one of the toughest universities with no money mm -hmm. and, you know, with snipers and shells coming your way, you're able to do Gosh, it. Gosh, so. I, I can imagine. My life. Now, now, when you graduate from college, you started your career. What was your first? I, I, I worked first uh, for the company that gave me the loan, the student loan. It's a company called Contracting and Trading. I worked for them in, the, in Saudi Arabia. It was a great job, a tough job, because I was an engineer on a, on a uh, um, power station being built in the middle of the desert in Saudi Arabia. So the conditions were very rough. Yet it was a lot of learning. And their culture was very... Uh, well, I, for that part, I was in the desert, so I didn't interact with the Saudis okay. a lot. But my second job, after I finished that, I went to work for another company called Auger International. It's a French company that built uh, palaces for the king in Saudi Arabia. And then I worked in cities and I worked with the, with the community. So yes, culturally, it was a major challenge. Work-wise, again, a challenge yet mm -hmm. exciting, and that was a lot of learning. So I spent about four and a half, five years in Saudi Arabia. Before deciding, by that time, one other tragedy in my life happened, and that in 82, when uh, 1982, uh, when um, there was uh, an invasion of Lebanon by Israel, as part of that invasion, there was a, a again a resurgence of that civil war that caused uh, my whole town to be essentially massacred. Uh, luckily, I was out uh, of the town. My brothers were out of like out of the country at the time, but uh, a lot of my family members, uncles, cousins, mm -hmm. uh, were all gone. And uh, so, at, at that time, I, um, you know, I felt um, that uh, I, I was planning on going back to Lebanon to work in Lebanon after Saudi Arabia. I felt that that's not a great that thing mm -hmm. to do. So I decided. I needed to get more educated so I can continue to grow in the Gulf or maybe go to Europe because I was working for a French company. Mm -hmm. So I came to UT Austin to get my MBA in 1984. Wait, 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 Mon, how did you find out about the University of Texas? The University of Texas, the, my, my, um, uh, the boss, the, the uh, uh, director of the company that I work for actually went to UT Austin and has donated significant amount. He has a school named in his name at, in Austin. So we knew about UT Austin, we knew what a great university it was. Um, so although I applied to multiple universities, including Berkeley in California, and I was accepted in a couple later, I would learn that Ivy League schools mm -hmm. at the time um, didn't have that appreciation yeah. of what kind of school, but UT was 
tops for me because of where yeah. I was here. What did you think when you first landed in the States? That's the first time you were here? Uh, yes, yes. I, uh, um, well, I, I have to say I was very familiar with the American culture. Uh -huh. So it wasn't a major surprise for me. For, for one, I grew up watching American movies, uh -huh. cowboys, and uh -huh. Indians, and so on. Um, I had also gone to the American University of Beirut, which is essentially an American university. So, okay. so it wasn't a major, major difference. However, it was a major uh, experiencing something is different than hearing about it or yeah. seeing it yeah. in a movie. And it yeah. was a wonderful experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you came here to the University of Texas, did you go to work for an American company? Or did you, is that when you started the starting companies? No, I, um, I got very lucky in that uh, um, when I graduated from UT, um, I was hired by a company called GTE, which is now sure. Verizon, and um, uh, was hired as a tra management trainee because I had a two-year training program after graduating. I could be there uh, for that, and uh, uh, the company uh, was a wonderful experience. That's where I experienced working with an American company, and I cannot tell you, I fell in love, actually, with the country, with the company, with the people, and that's really when I decided if this company, it's this country would accept me, I will stay. And luckily for me, GTE helped me get my, my residence and later my citizenship. Mm -hmm. And I uh, ended up staying in this country and loving every minute. Mm -hmm. So I spent about four years after that, you know, after school with, with GTE. Mm -hmm. From there, I moved to a smaller company, uh, which had like 6,000 employees at the time. Uh, GTE had 110,000, yeah. but I felt I needed to work in a more uh, smaller environment so that I can make a bigger difference. Uh, that's what my, my, I always had that entrepreneurship uh, drive in me. The company was called PageNet, which oh, was yeah, the biggest yeah, paging yeah. company in, yeah. at the time. And I ran their South Florida uh, operation for them. And it was a wonderful experience as well, because there I experienced running a whole operation. Okay. Uh, so that's, those were my, only yeah, no, they were experiences. global. Were they global at the time? They were global. In fact, by after running the South Florida operation for a year and a half, I was promoted to the headquarter to run marketing and sales globally for PageNet. Okay. Um, uh, but I did that for, for a very short time because I decided to become an entrepreneur right after that. The, the bug bit you. Huh? Yes. That's exactly. good. What was your first entry as an entrepreneur? Well, it was a company I called CareerNet, uh, which uh, I started uh, in 94. And uh, the business plan was would have uh, made us to be a monster or a career builder. It was a job board company. Okay. Uh, but lack of experience at the time uh, caused me not to be very successful at it for okay. two, two main reasons. First reason is uh, I didn't do market research enough to understand that the internet has not spread enough to justify um, the cost that the company incurs to get clients. Uh, because clients were not yet convinced that there are enough uh, internet users to pay for the service. Okay. 
And the other one was lack of funding. I, I you know, a company like Net would have needed tens of millions of dollars. And I went into it with literally $50,000 of my own money. And that's yeah. it. Uh, however, the software I built for CareerNet, I was able to sell it. Okay. So it wasn't a total failure. Okay. Then I was able to rebuy that software in 98 and use it as the basis to create my big success in life, which is a company called HR Smart. Okay. So CareerNet essentially, and this is what entrepreneurs uh, do, that they run into a, a wall. If they're flexible enough, they can find where is the door, door mm -hmm. in that wall, and then they use the door to move to the next uh, uh, space and so on. Now, how, how long were you? How long did that company exist before you sold out? CareerNet, uh, only one year. Okay. Only one year. I, uh, immediately after that, um, two of the executives at PageNet that I had worked with uh, joined with me and we founded a company called Directel that was a paging company, uh, similar to PageNet, but we did the work in Latin America. And for that one, we raised $60 million total between equipment and financing. Uh, because we built networks all over Argentina and Brazil. And um, it was an exciting period. Um, didn't even have a home in the States. Uh, I had apartments in Buenos Aires and Sao Paulo. Had a, uh, my family uh, in, in Miami. I had my office in Dallas. So I was, yeah. you know, I was all over the place yeah. for, for uh, four years. Tough time. Um, I have 8 million miles to show for it, but on American Airlines, that's yeah. alone. But but it was a lot of experience, great experience. Yeah. yeah. That was probably one of the most challenging. Uh, work-wise, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant work-wise. Yeah. yeah, different cultures, uh, different yeah. starting something huge of the yeah. scale of uh, direct yeah. yeah. Mom, I'm interested to know the most challenging. I appreciate you sharing that with us. What company was the most fun? All, all of them. <laughs> in their own way, all of them. Yeah. I have not worked a place where I would not do it again uh -huh. and uh, regret it. It's, uh, it's yeah. uh, each one served a different purpose yeah. and I appreciate that. Yeah. Which one was your most successful up till now? Up till now, because I will go into what you I have to say HR Spot, the company I founded, spent 17 years building and uh, I exited in 2015. For me personally, okay. that was the biggest success. Okay. okay. That's what I was able to make a big difference. Okay. Now, that brings us up currently. Yes. Uh, I said at the first part of this that you could have gone to the beach. Uh, you didn't. You didn't take a victory lap. To this day, this very day, you're working very intently and very hard and very effectively. Tell me what you're working on and your objective of what you're doing now. Right. Yeah. Um, well, Billy Bob, I, I, uh, you're right. I could have uh, retired easily. You know, my, my family and myself would have been well taken care of yeah. after exiting HR Smart. But, but I had, I had three passions left in me okay. uh, when I did that, and I decided not to retire. The first passion is having been helped so much along the way to get to where I am. I realized that without that help, I would have been a nobody. And I know there are a lot of people in the same situation I was in. So I felt, both my wife and I felt that we need to do something to help 
disadvantaged children. And we started a nonprofit called Education Unbound to help in educating disadvantaged kids. Okay. And we've been supporting the, the nonprofit and growing it on a global basis. Okay. And so that initially took a lot of time from me, but, but uh, recently my wife has taken it over since, uh, um, you know, she's, uh, it's her passion, education mm -hmm. is her passion, plus I was, I became so busy with the other two passions. Yeah. So what's the other two second, passions? Second passion, which really resulted mainly from HR Smart. HR Smart exited at a very good, um, as, a, as a very good successful exit. Uh -huh. In fact, the investments that we had in the business returned 60 times uh, their value. Oh my gosh. However, uh, we, HR Smart, Due to the fact that we were a software company in Texas, in North Texas, and 2008 market meltdown, those two factors contributed to HR Smart exiting in the multi tens of millions of dollars versus two of my competitors that exited in the billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And those two competitors in, in 2007 were not ahead of HR Smart mm -hmm. in every category okay. except their location and the money they were able to raise. Okay. Uh, one of them, Success Factors, uh, had raised $400 million over life, maybe, maybe over $500 million, but they exited at $4.7 billion. Yes. And in 2007, HR Smart was you know, a, a ahead of Success Factors right. in a lot of areas, most areas. So that made me feel that, okay, I. I was not able to raise the money because I'm a Texas software company, or at least not in time. And 2008 happened that caused the company to almost go back to zero and restart, and uh, which we were able to do successfully. But okay. we missed out on the billion dollar exit. Having come from where I came and reached where HR Smart uh, did and missing out on the billion dollar exit by so little, I decided, you know what, I'm going to before I die, I'm going to have an exit in the billion dollars. Yeah. You're going to step up my to the plate again. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Now, so I started, uh, I, you know, I started building uh, two companies that could take us to, to that uh, point. Plus, I was doing the nonprofit and yeah. uh, its efforts. And there was a lot of work that needed to help these companies succeed. And as an entrepreneur, I have gone through this. Um, during my uh, startups before. Mm -hmm. And this, I felt that there is an ecosystem that is missing in the North Texas area for technology companies. So my, that's my third passion was to create an ecosystem that would help innovators and technology companies in the North Texas area succeed and prosper. Yeah. So I created a, a uh, the ecosystem that is a six companies plus a building in the Richardson area who are all offering services that could help the entrepreneurs succeed and doing it at not-for-profit. Okay, now that's under Hexa's? That's that's um, what well, I call the Hexa family. Group. Right, family. family. Yes. Right. That's great. That's great. Mon, what are the companies that you're working on now and what are their objectives? The There are, um, I'm invested in about 18 companies today, um, and every one of them is important to me, and everyone, I want them to be successful. However, 
there are a couple of companies that I founded that I hope one day will exit um, in the uh, with a B next uh-huh. to their value. Uh, one of them is uh, called Tech Genies. Okay. And Tech Genies is a software de- started as a software development company uh, with location uh, in Mexico and Lebanon, but evolved. Now they're located in nine countries. And what they do is they help other entrepreneurs uh, through staff augmentation. They have companies with digital transformation and they can do any technology related uh, work for entrepreneurs and helping them with their proof of concept or, or uh, pilots and so on. Um, Tech Genies has evolved also to add a call center in the Philippines to help with the um, low cost sales development uh-huh. for companies that have that need and also uh, acquired a marketing company in the US to help also entrepreneurs with their marketing uh, efforts. Yeah. Now, Tech Genies does provide and all its companies provide their services at no profit. Yeah. However, their value will increase over time because they're growing significantly and any company even at zero profit uh, with with thousands of employees and the capability that we're building there will have a lot of value. Plus, TechGenius is investing in a lot of startups and is building a lot of intellectual property on its own. So it has a lot of promise. Yes. The other company is that, uh, that I founded for this specific purpose of uh, exiting with a B is called Trend Data. And okay. Trend Data is an artificial intelligence-based, machine learning-based, uh, predictive analytics company. And while there are hundreds of uh, analytics companies out there, uh, Trend Data is different in that it focuses on the prediction and the modeling to reach what would be the ultimate outcome uh, and to what changes, and then goes back and prescribes to the user what changes they need to make in order to get the better results. So it's and obviously it does all the analytics and dashboards and all that, but that's really a me too, like others. What our difference is, is for example, a company having a uh, um, problem with turnover of employees. Okay. And uh, uh, Trend Data could uh, see if that pr- pr- that turnover is gonna be continuing okay. or getting worse or better. But then more importantly, it could tell the user, if you, invest a little bit more in training and development, that turnover will go down significantly versus most people will raise salaries. And and we we have already seen that many times. We're raising the salaries, you know, the, the prediction continues to be high because that's not the problem. So it helps the the user address the real problem and fix it so that it uh, it, it solves the problem and not guess at it. So those are the two major yeah, companies. Two major that, ones, uh, right? yeah. 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 Made an acquisition of a company called Insala, which is really very similar to HR Smart. Okay. Uh, although Insala has been in existence for 21 years now, uh, it has uh, great product uh, uh, base as well as great clients. Um, I'm supporting it big time, but it has its own powerful team. It doesn't. Uh, Need a lot of help from me, but uh, but it ha- we are, we also are hoping for a great success for Insala as well. Good. That and uh, now this is totally different subject. Yes. Always like to ask this question. 
Mon, tell me your three favorite words. <laughs> well, you probably guessed them from this. Education is definitely the first one that comes to mind. Okay. Second one, I can tell you, win-win. This concept of win-win, which I learned when I came to this country, it is such an amazing concept that that's, that's what, for, in my opinion, having been around all these cultures, yeah. this is the source of success because that's where one plus one equals three. Yeah. The rest of the world is zero-sum game. You know, I win, you lose, yeah. and at the end, you add them up and yeah. you end up with nothing. Yeah. So, um, so that would be the second one. And the third one would be entrepreneurship. Innovation okay. entrepreneurship. That, okay. That's what I've always valued and loved. So. How interesting. How interesting. Um, again, I respect your success, your passion, your energy, your work ethic. But again, your heart. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being our guest. It was my pleasure. Okay.